Kansas Governor Laura Kelly will be this year's Landon Lecture Speaker at Kansas State. The lecture will take place at 1130, February 16th in Forum Hall inside the Union. Kelly's lecture will center around the health of the state of Kansas, its residents, and its politics. The lecture is free and open to the public, as well as students, faculty, and staff. Her speech will help celebrate the 161st anniversary of the founding of the university. It will be the first Landon Lecture since November 2022, when Executive Director of the United Nations World Food Program, David Beasley, spoke on campus. The Wabunsee County Sheriff's Office says two deputies were hospitalized Monday after a suspected fentanyl exposure during a custodial arrest. The sheriff's office revealed the information in a social media post Monday, noting both were receiving medical attention at the Wamego Medical Center. Following the early morning incident, the two were released from the hospital late in the day. Authorities say it's almost impossible to defend against a bag of an unknown substance intentionally thrown into the wind at emergency personnel. They went on to thank staff at the Wamego Medical Center. The Riley County Police Department is ramping up preparations for the upcoming Fake Patties Day. The event, which has become somewhat of a local phenomenon, will take place on March 2nd. Raleigh County Commission Chair John Ford says safety is a main priority. Kids are going to do what kids are going to do. I mean, that part is what it is. I think for us, it's just making sure that everybody's safe and the environment there is safe and that we kind of at least can control that part of the environment there for that particular reason. RCPD Captain Greg Steer presented to commissioners on Monday and said all patrol officers will be active March 2nd. RCPD will also have additional help from surrounding agencies. A Pottawatomie County Planning Board member says he's supportive of the county exploring another sales tax question on this year's ballot. Doug Kern says he's 100% behind that and will do anything he can to help that pass, explaining his reason to commissioners on Monday. Two or three years ago, the citizens of the city of Manhattan voted a 50-cent sales tax increase. The citizens of Pottawatomie County are helping fund, through that sales tax increase, all the shenanigans that go on in Manhattan. And I would like to see us repatriate some of those funds. Kern says the county's prior attempts to pass a sales tax question may have failed because no sunset provision was included for when the tax would essentially come to an end. He's suggesting a 50-cent sales tax increase and spelling out the projects to be completed within a roughly 10- or 15-year time frame. Let's say that generates $3 million a year. Let's say we decided we wanted to pay off the bonds in 10 years. So that means we'd have $30 million to work with, get a list of projects that basically are going to take $30 million to do, and let's put those projects on the ballot so that then it really does have something like a 10-year or 15-year, whatever you choose, sunset provision to it. County Administrator Chad Kinsley says they're planning a work session on the sales tax proposal coming up on February 26th. Crews will be replacing utility poles this week along US-24 in the vicinity of the McCall Road intersection. The city of Manhattan says work will result in lane restrictions on the well-traveled corridor beginning at 9 this morning and continuing through Thursday. The outside lanes will be closed in both directions approaching the intersection. It will also impact the leftmost left turn lane onto US-24 from McCall Road. City officials say the temporary closures will not affect access to any nearby streets, including Levy Drive. A $118 billion Senate compromise national security measure proposed by a bipartisan group of three senators faces an uphill battle in the House where many Republicans have been critical of a portion of the bill dealing with securing of the southern border. CBS News congressional correspondent Nicole Killian reports on some of the details of that legislation. 
The compromise would give the administration new emergency authority to temporarily shut down the border, allowing immediate deportation before asylum is requested. The government would be required to close the border when migrant encounters reach a daily average of 5,000 over a week. It also ends catch-and-release policies and streamlines asylum cases by processing claims in six months or less. U.S. Senator Roger Marshall spoke with Kansas reporters on a Zoom call Monday and says those thresholds, though, are not entirely accurate because officials would still be required to process 1,400 people per day in addition to all unaccompanied minors. Look, I want to have compassion. I want to do the right thing. But it would be more compassionate to control the border, to secure the border first so that we could be able to take care of those unaccompanied children in a proper fashion. House Speaker Mike Johnson has stated the bill is, quote, dead on arrival if it gets to the House. The Riley County School Board will meet tonight to discuss the future of its superintendent, Cliff Williams has been on administrative leave for close to a month now after a 4-3 to decision in early January. The school board has remained tight-lipped about the situation due to it being a personnel matter. Board President Samantha Brown has stated the matter does not involve anything criminal. Williams has led USD 378 since July 1st of 2016. The meeting will begin at 7 tonight at Riley County High School. Good morning, I'm Troy Coverdale with your sports headlines at News Radio KMAN as K-Man's morning news continues. Tyler Perry scored eight of his 26 in overtime as K-State dropped number four Kansas 75-70 in the 300th matchup of the all-time rivalry. Perry's tray with a minute 54 remaining gave the Wildcats a 70-66 lead. Top of the circle, Arthur Kaluma. Left side to Tyler. He's open for three. Yes! Yes! Yes for Tyler Perry! That's four and nine for the Cats. They lead it 70-66. to 66. Wow, what a shot! They tend to find me, um, and they find me in the first half, too. Um, it's no science on it. It's no fairy dust to it. It's just uh, over the course of 40 minutes, you got to stay into the game. We got to stay locked in, and um, you know, just let, I, I try to let the game come to me. And I have such amazing group around me who you know finds me in my in my spots that I like, and uh, you know, they just keep me going. Cam Carter finished with 19 points and 11 rebounds for the Wildcats, who snapped a four-game slide. The win set off a court storming, which Coach Jerome Tang was not appreciative of. The players, on the other hand, I wanted them to experience. I, ain't gonna lie, it. I was. Yeah. I wanted them to. Yeah. I, ain't gonna lie. I was cool. Coach Tammy, you got it. I wanted to do it. The win squaring K State's mark in conference play at five and five ahead of a road tilt at BYU on Saturday. Reigning national champion UConn, Purdue, and North Carolina remained atop the AP Top 25 poll for a third consecutive week. South Carolina cracked the rankings for the first time in nearly seven years. The top of the poll remained set after a big week that included four top 10 matchups over the weekend, including Purdue winning at Wisconsin and UNC beating rival Duke. Kansas had vaulted to number four before last night's upset by the Cats, while Houston fell to number five after their loss to the Jayhawks on Saturday. Texas Tech had the week's biggest tumble as they fell eight spots to number 23 after a loss at TCU and a home loss to Cincinnati. In all, nine teams moved up from last week's poll. The Big 12 led the country with six ranked teams, followed by the SEC with five. K-State's women dropped to eight from number two this week in the AP women's ballot after losing games at Oklahoma and Texas last week. Caitlin Clark and Iowa climbed back to number two in the poll as the star guard moved to within striking distance of the NCAA scoring record. 
It's the second time in a few weeks the Hawkeyes have been second in the poll, a spot that has been unkind to teams in the past month. UCLA, Iowa, and K-State now have all had turns in that number two spot since January 8th. None of them able to hold on to the ranking for more than a week at a time. South Carolina, meanwhile, maintains its strong grip atop the poll. Again, a unanimous number one from the 35-member national media panel. Number three, North Carolina State. Number four, Colorado. And number five, Ohio State, followed Iowa. Texas vaulted up five places to seventh after besting Baylor. Then number two, K-State, again, having suffered a loss there as well last week. Oklahoma enters the poll at number 24. The Manhattan High boys and girls both suffered close losses at home to Washburn Rule. The boys game going overtime before Caden Ballard scored eight in the extra period to lead the Junior Blues to a 70-65 to win over Benji George's Tribe. Came down to a play here, you know, bounce of the ball there. Um, you know, we've been in these types of games all year long, and tonight one didn't go our way. Um, you know, we we get to strap it on again tomorrow night. We we got to make sure that one, you know, doesn't turn into two. But I can't fault the effort. And like I said, we, we made plenty of big plays. We just, they made one more than we did. Asher Newcomer had sent the game to the extra period with a three at the end of regulation. Noah McFadden led the drive with 15. Jason Kim added 14. The girls tilt saw Manhattan rally from 11 down in the third to take a brief 59-58 lead on a Maxine Daring tray. But the Junior Blues scored the final three points to claim the win. Deering finished with 12 to lead the Tribe. The busy week continues tonight for both Manhattan High teams. They'll host Topeka High with coverage on News Radio KMAN beginning at about 545. Also in boys' action last night, Frankfurt dropped Axtell 68-58. Flint Hills Christian was a 57-30 winner over St. Xavier. Minneapolis down Valley Heights 38-32. In girls' play, Frankfurt over Axel 54-29, Valley Heights by 11 over Minneapolis 60-49. Two people familiar with the deal say the Kansas City Royals and shortstop Bobby Witt Jr. have agreed on an 11-year contract worth more than $288.7 million guaranteed. Those sources say the deal includes a three-year term that could drive the value to $377 million while keeping Witt in Kansas City through 2037. His guaranteed salary would make it the 16th largest deal in Major League Baseball history, and it dwarfs the largest Royals contract previously set by Salvador Perez at $82 million. If all options are included, Witt would be 37 when the contract expires. High school basketball tonight on News Radio KMAN as the Indians play host to Topeka High in Centennial League action. Our coverage to begin at approximately 5:45. And a reminder that we are your home for Super Bowl 58 coverage to begin at one Sunday afternoon. The Chiefs and the 49ers kick off just after 5:30 on News Radio KMAN.